Welcome to Life in Balance. I'm Ken Miles, pastor of Kitchener-Waterloo Christian Fellowship. We all know that life can be hectic, and sometimes its demands can pull us off balance. The good news is that God has given practical insights in His Word for keeping life on an even keel, despite this. This program is designed to help us understand and apply God's wisdom in our everyday lives. Good Thursday, everyone. We have been talking about building a life of significance and knowing how to make our life count. We are finding that the way to live a life of greatness is to live it for others. Jesus said to his disciples that if you desire to be great, then you must be the servant. The distinctive teaching of Jesus was that the way to greatness was to live your life for others. And Jesus was the example of this in his own life. Philippians chapter 2 tells us that he was God, but he laid aside all his majesty. He came down, took on himself flesh, and lived his life here on the earth. What a tremendous condescension that was. But he did it with a mission. He humbled himself to such a point that he would take the sins of the world upon himself and die in our place. And the scripture says because he did this, that God greatly exalted him. And at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that he is Lord. We are commanded as his followers to walk in his footsteps. And just as he took up his cross and laid down his life and gave it as a ransom for others, and Jesus said to his followers, if you want to be great, then you need to do the very same thing. Lay down your life for others. Take up your cross daily and follow me. Now, this is quite an interesting topic about taking up our cross. You know, the day that Jesus actually literally put his hands on that cross and carried it to Golgotha, that was really not the first time that he had touched the cross. Oh, yes, the physical cross. But he laid down his life, his entire ministry. He did it for other people. You know, the the life of Jesus was amazing. Crowds would press in upon him. And the disciples would try to protect him and say, oh, don't bother the master. And he'd say, no, no, let him come. The parents would want to bring their children. And the disciples again tried to keep the children back. But Jesus said, no, let, let the little children come to me. Jesus always had time for other people. He spent his waking hours in ministry to other people. You know, we read the story about Jesus falling to sleep on the boat. And we wonder, How could he do that in the middle of the storm? Why would they have to wake him? How could he sleep with the winds and the waves blowing? I believe it was just because he was exhausted. I believe that the only time that he had just to rest was when he was away from the crowds because when the people were there, he was ready for them. He was open to them. Why do you think it says that Jesus rose early in the morning and he went out in times of prayer? Is there some particular value of praying early in the morning before others were up? No, I don't think so. I just think that was the time that he found that he could be alone. Because you see, he was always ready to minister to other people. Jesus laid down his life for us long before he did it on the cross. And he called his disciples to do the very same thing. He said, take up your cross and follow me. We have to die to this self-serving attitude that grips us. To live a life of greatness, to make our life count, we have to look to the interest of others before ourselves. Now, we might think, oh, that's such a terrible life to live. If we lived our life that way, 
we would always be miserable. You know, it's just the opposite. When we look at people that are self-indulgent, that always put their wishes above others, they're the most bored people, many times the most unhappy, certainly the most unfulfilled, because there is no lasting satisfaction in just serving ourselves. There's that momentary pleasure, but long-term, we feel unfulfilled and dissatisfied. If we're self-indulgent, we just sate ourselves, as it were. You know, it's like the person standing in front of the refrigerator. They've munched and snacked all day long, and, and now they sort of feel a little bored, so they open the door of the refrigerator, and they look in, and they go, Ah, oh, you know, do I want some turkey? Uh, do I want some ham? Uh, oh, there's some chocolate cake. Uh, oh, there's some leftover pie. I, oh, I don't know what I wanted. There's nothing really strikes me. Nothing really appeals to me. Well, what's the problem with this scenario? It's because we are overindulgent. And because of that, nothing's attractive. Nothing satisfies. How do we overcome this? How do we get back to enjoying food and looking forward to food? Now I tell you, I've done a little bit of fasting over the years. And I can tell you from personal experience, anyone that just feels indifferent to food and wonder, how can I get my appetite back? Listen, just don't eat for a while. I guarantee you, after a day or two, it doesn't matter what the food is. It becomes extremely alluring. And the slightest little whiff aroma of it causes your senses to come alive and you, and you salivate for it. There is an anticipation for it and a longing for it that is not there when you're eating naturally. And when the fast is over and you eat, you enjoy it so much more. You see, when we just indulge ourselves, it dulls all of our senses and really spoils our enjoyment. I think it's the same thing with life. If you just live your life for yourself and indulge every whim and desire that you have, life becomes so unsatisfying and boring. Truly, when you live your life for others, something happens, something changes within us. You know, Jesus said this to his own disciples as he was talking to the woman at the well of Samaria. They had gone into town to get some food, and Jesus stayed and he talked to this lady about salvation and the kingdom of God. And when his disciples came back, they said to him, Master, we have food. And he said to them, I have meat to eat that you know not of. My meat is to do the will of the Father. What was he talking about? What was it that was satisfying him? much more than natural food. It was that he was doing the will of the Father. He was talking to this lady. And in doing that, he felt more fulfilled than if he had sat down and ate a big meal. This is the amazing paradox of life. Jesus said, if you try to keep your life, you're going to lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you'll gain it. Really, the most satisfying and fulfilling life that you can live is living your life for others. It will satisfy yourself. And of course, it satisfies the will of God and we have eternal significance to our life. This is how Paul put it in Galatians chapter 1 and verse 16. He said that God had separated him from his mother's womb to reveal his son in me. You know, that's God's purpose in every one of us. He wants to reveal his son in us. He wants to reveal Jesus Christ through our life. We are to die to ourselves so that the life of Christ can live through us. Look at it this way. Jesus died on the cross for our sins. 
and took our place. We did not have to die because he died in our place. But when we come and accept his forgiveness, we accept his death as our death. And so we say, we've died. And now our life is hid with Christ in God. And we invite Christ to come and live his life in us. So that now, really, the life of Jesus is extended through me. Jesus died when he was 33 and a half years of age. What would he have done in his 34th year? In his 35th year? What would he have done when he was 40? I tell you, we can allow the life of Christ to be lived out through us. Whatever your age is, he wants to live his life out through you. Not only your age and your station in life, but he wants to live his life out through you in your workplace and in your family. He wants us to show forth his life. He laid down his life for us. We now accept his death as our death. So we voluntarily surrender to him, invite him to come into our life so that the life we now live in the flesh, we allow Christ to live his life out through us. So we're allowing him to have our hands as his hands, our feet as his feet, our mouth is his mouth. We give him all our talents and our abilities and we say, Lord, use us. Live your life out through me. This is the heart of being a Christian. This is the reality of serving the Lord. It's not just reciting some doctrines and going to church on Sunday. All those things are good, but insufficient within themselves. The reality of it is that Christ is to live his life out through us. He wants our life to count because he wants to live his life through us. And the more we yield to God, the more we allow our life to manifest his life, the greater our life will count, the greater our reward will be in heaven, and the more satisfaction personally we will experience on earth. You see, we have a choice. We can either live our lives for ourselves, or we can live it for others. You know, we may have heard the expression, I'd like to help you but I only have two hands. If someone asks us to do something and we've got our hands full with something, we'll say, well, I'd like to help you, but I only have two hands. Listen, you only have one life and you have the choice. Do I live it for myself or do I live it for others? That is the choice that is before all of us. You see, just as we'd have to put something down from our hands if they were full in order to help someone else, we have to lay down our own life in order to live it for someone else. You can't go through life putting yourself first, making all your decisions based on what's good for me, without it hindering your laying down your life for others. This is the call that's upon us as Christians. This is God's desire and heart for each one of us. Let's walk it out. Let's experience it. Let's experience the joy that comes from doing it. The Word of God tells us this is the best way to live. This is the most fulfilling way to live. Why don't we try it? A lot of people don't experience the joy of a Christian because they have never done the things that bring the joy. I challenge you today. I challenge you. Why don't you just get radical about the things of God? Why don't we just sell out to this and say, Lord, I'm going to do this. By your help, I'm going to lay down my life and now I'm going to let you live your life through me. You direct me. You show me. You guide me. 
I tell you, he'll take you into all kinds of situations. He'll walk you into the places he would walk on this earth if he was here. And you will make the difference in the lives of people that he would make in those lives if he was here on earth. This is what it is to serve God. This is what it is to make your life count. I want my life to count. There is a part of me that yearns for this. And yet I realize there's a part of me that fights for its own life. And I want to do as Paul did. He said, I die daily. I lay down my life so that the life of Christ could be lived out through me. We'll continue this tomorrow. I'm Ken Miles. Bye for now. Life in Balance is a ministry of KW Christian Fellowship. We are located at 1000 Bleams Road in Kitchener. We would love to have you join us this Sunday for one of our services. The times are 9.30 and 11.30. Just go to our website at kwcf.org to register and to check out all our other activities. We have events for children, youth, and people of all ages. Our mission is to connect people with God and each other so we may fulfill our purpose in life. Till next time, may God keep your life in balance.